Welcome to the Sharp 600 brought to you by Covers.com. Give us 600 seconds and we'll give you the tools you need to improve your handicapping. What's up, everybody? I'm Joe Fortenball, and here's a look at what we've got in store for this week's NFL pod. He's a professional handicapper and a good friend of mine from when I was uh, running around the Las Vegas desert just a few years ago. Brian Leonard is going to lay out the Week 7 NFL betting blueprint in just a few minutes. I'm going to follow that up with my three favorite NFL picks for the weekend, but we begin with Thursday Night Football. So uh, how about that game of the year? <laughs> Never in doubt. Um, I, if you could only imagine making a game of the year type prediction like we did Raiders over Chiefs back in episode one and then talking about it all year. And I live here in the Bay Area. I host a morning radio show on 95.7 The Game, and I was talking about it there as well. And then I went to the game. And you get to a point where you're so invested in this thing, not just financially but emotionally, you realize what a grind this is going to be. This is going to be 60 high-impact minutes. And for that game to end in the fashion in which it did, there's no question I shaved at least three or four years off my life. I mean, if today, and I don't use drugs, but I probably would test positive for cocaine today, having watched that final five minutes the way it transpired. I mean, total adrenaline rush. But it got me thinking about something. Last night, and you can check this data on various websites around the internet, sportsinsights.com is one of them, 70% of the action, 70% of the betting was on Kansas City, and yet Oakland covers and Oakland wins outright. And I thought about this, and I went back to last week, and you look at Denver and Washington and Atlanta, monster favorites, and you see that there was a massive percentage of the action on those teams as well, and they either lost outright or failed to cover, like in Washington's case, but barely won. Moving forward, I'm not saying this is a practical betting strategy, but it is going to be important to just notify yourself when you see a scenario, make note, pay attention, to when 70, 75, 80% of the public is on one side of the equation, whether it be an over-under whether it be a side like Atlanta or New England this weekend, Sunday Night Football, and think about going the other way. Because bottom line, those gleaming, beautiful towers in Las Vegas weren't built on the backs of winners. They were built on games where everyone came storming in on a Thursday night and said, take a look at Kansas City. They should crush the Raiders, who have lost four straight. And yet here we are today with the Raiders having not only covered that spread, but won that game. Just something to keep in mind, betting against the public or at least using that as one small element in your handicap. going to be up 500 by midnight. Yeah, <laughs> Brian Leonard's coming up in just a moment, but if you get an opportunity, head over to CoversExperts.com, drop the promo code SHARP600. It's our gift to you, our way of saying thank you for all the downloads, all the subscriptions, all the ratings and reviews, you guys have been awesome. You'll get a free $30 credit towards your next Covers Expert purchase. That's the promo code SHARP600 for a free $30 credit. Bounce from there over to Covers.com. Jump in the Streak Survivor Contest. It's completely free, and you'll have a chance to win $100,000. To the Las Vegas desert we go. An old friend of mine, he's a professional handicapper who you can follow on Twitter at B. Leonard Sports. You can also check him out at wagertalk.com. Brian Leonard joining us here on the Sharp 600. Brian, we'll start by saying thank you so much for your time. And as we jump into the conversation with Aaron Rodgers going down for the season, 
How do you see the NFC stacking up? Who's the best team in the conference at the moment? At this point, we're really not sure. Uh, Personnel-wise, you would think Seattle would be up there, but they haven't performed well so far this year. Uh, Carolina has looked good in spots. Uh, The Eagles have actually been the team that's looked best to me, but then again, they don't have that proven record, so I'm not sure if the Eagles are that much better than anybody else. At this point, it's pretty much a toss-up. I wasn't sure Green Bay was the best at the time, uh, obviously, without the best quarterback in the NFL, they're not going to be the best now. But uh, I think Seattle, by the end of the season, Seattle will be the team that probably comes out of there. Given New England's defensive struggles, Pittsburgh's up-and-down nature, and the fact that Kansas City has lost back-to-back matchups against the Steelers and Raiders, respectively, how do you cap the top of the AFC? I'm not so sure that Kansas City's still not one of the top two there. Uh, this is a team that takes care of the football uh, they've got a nice coaching advantage in just about every game that they play. Uh, Pittsburgh, I still have concerns about Pittsburgh. They just have not played as well as I expected them to play on the road, even though they got that win at Kansas City. They have not done well on the road. Uh, Ben's just not the same as he was before. He was thinking about quitting before the season started. Uh, at this point, I think Pittsburgh may not be the best team there. You know, you would hate to say that New England's not, but until anybody can knock them off, they continue to find ways to win. They're four and two on the season. They really should probably be two and four, but they find ways to win, and they still have the best coach in the NFL. So I think New England's still number one, and I would rate Kansas City at number two at, at this point. The Cardinals and Rams are going to square off in London on Sunday. Do you handicap these London games differently? Yeah, you have to do it a little bit differently. A lot of what I do is to see if the team has been there before, which is one of the reasons why Jacksonville has done so well in these games because. Once you travel abroad, you get into a little bit of a a situation which you've done things before. And we're all creatures of habit. And if teams have been there before, they they have an advantage here. So uh, Jacksonville's done very well. The other team is bringing, you know, most of the time they bring their family over there. So it's more of a family vacation type of thing. I would rather have the team that's been there before. And I believe uh, we do have one team this week that has been there before a couple years ago. And that's the team I'm leaning with right now. But I hate to lay points in that situation, so I'm probably going to be sitting on the sideline. Sunday night football, you'll have a Super Bowl rematch. The Falcons travel to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. New England's already lost twice at home this season to Kansas City and Carolina. Any lean in this game? I do lean with Atlanta as long as you can get over that hook. Right now it's a three, which use three and a half here. I think Atlanta, personally at this point, may be just as good as New England, at least the way the the Patriots have played right now. Obviously, the momentum is there and, and the need is there for Atlanta, especially after the way they gave that game away last week. I think they're becoming more focused here than New England will. Uh, I know history says that uh, New England at home is a great bet, and, and, uh, but some things change. And Even though New England's been so great at that point, if you've watched them play this year, the offense isn't what it used to be, and that defense could be one of the worst in, in the NFL. And uh, Atlanta's the more complete team, so I'm leaning with Atlanta and now get three and a half. Monday night football, it's the upstart Philadelphia Eagles hosting the Washington Redskins, who they've already beaten this season. Personally, I look at this game and I can see the public jumping all over Carson Wentz and the Eagles, who are going to have 11 days to get ready, and it makes me think about taking Kirk Cousins and the Redskins. How do you see it? Yeah, I'm with you on that, too. I, even though I just said the Philadelphia may be the best team in the NFC, I, I like this Washington team. 
I took coming into the season that I wasn't a big Giants fan. I thought Washington would make the playoffs. Uh, now that they've lost that first game to Philadelphia, everybody's buying in on Philadelphia. And as we've seen over the years of the NFL, once a team is the team, that's the team you want to avoid. And that's really what we're looking at here with Philadelphia. Current line is four and a half, five. If we catch a six here, I know I'll be on Washington. You got the Saints laying four outdoors at Lambeau Field against Brett Hundley and the Green Bay Packers. How do you treat a game like this where the starting quarterback, the marquee player, goes down and in comes the relatively untested backup? Yeah, this is, to me, a great spot for uh, Green Bay here. I especially like Green Bay in the first half of plus the three because, really, New Orleans, the only tape they have on them was from preseason and from last week when it comes in uh, being coming off you know, fresh off the bench. So I'm sure the Packers will be able to put in some plays for them. I think it'll be more of a running style here for the Packers. So I think they're going to come out in the first half. I like the Packers plus the three and the under 24. Uh, there's still some four and a halves out there on Green Bay. If you can get four and a half for the game, that's, that's still a fine play. But if you have to lay four, I would rather have the Packers plus the points in the first half. You got a you got a team in the Packers. I believe they're 58 and 16 straight up at home playing in uh, Green Bay. Uh, you take a look at their home road dichotomies. Green Bay is much better at home. And when you look at the Saints, the Saints are a dome team. I know they've done a little bit better on the road lately, but uh, you've got a dome team going to Green Bay, coming off a game in which they just scored 52 points. Uh, Green Bay is the right side. It just depends on how you want to play it. I prefer to play it in the first half and getting that key number of three. Any potential sleeper games or upset picks we should be keeping an eye on that we didn't already touch on? Not really. I you know, everybody's considering that Pittsburgh is going to beat Cincinnati just because they always do. I believe they won six out of the last seven. But ever since Cincinnati's made that offensive coordinator change, this offense is a little bit different. I'm not sold on Pittsburgh, as I said before. This one could come down to the wire. Uh, I think Cincinnati catching the points is the way to go in this one. You may be able to catch a little bit higher number by game time. But uh, that, one, that one wouldn't surprise me if it went down to the wire. You can find his work at wagertalk.com and on Twitter at B. Leonard Sports. Professional handicapper in Las Vegas, Brian Leonard, joining us here on the Sharp 600. Brian, it's always great catching up with you. Fantastic stuff. Thank you so much for your time and best of luck this weekend. I appreciate it. Best of luck to everyone out there. going to be up 500 by midnight. The Sharp 600 Game of the Year cashed on Thursday with the Oakland Raiders taking down the Kansas City Chiefs. So what do you say we go streaking? We're going streaking! Game number one, San Francisco hosting Dallas. Say what you want about the team's winless record. The 49er Booster Club is thrilled with the first-year results produced thus far under rookie head coach Kyle Shanahan, who has covered the spread in four of the franchise's last five outings. Speaking of those five outings, the Niners came up short in those five games by a combined 13 points. But the kicker here is the fact that this is San Francisco's first home game in four weeks, and it's going to feature an upgrade at the quarterback position in Iowa rookie. C.J. Beathard. Dallas has been shaky on the defensive side of the rock this season. They're 1-4 against the spread over their last five road dates and 3-9 and against the spread over their last 12 games overall. Some could make the case that this is the most overrated team in the National Football League. My opinion, the Niner Booster Club wins again as Kyle Shanahan and company find a way to keep it close for the sixth consecutive week. Take the Niners in the points. Game number two, the Chargers hosting the Broncos. This game is listed as a pick'em because Trevor Simeon is the starting quarterback who has no business being a starting quarterback in the National Football League. 
And if you take a good look at Simeon's career stats when playing on the road, it gets really difficult to consider backing the Broncos in this spot. But Denver humiliated itself last Sunday night on the national stage when they came off the bye and laid an egg against the previously winless Giants squad that was missing each of its top three receivers. There's a pride factor here for Denver as well, much like you saw with the Steelers at Kansas City last Sunday. There's also the following two nuggets. Phillip Rivers, Charger quarterback, 3-19 against the spread over his last 22 home games against divisional opponents, while the Broncos are 14-4 against the spread in AFC West road games since 2011. Give us the Broncos at Pick'em. Game number three, Monday night, Washington plus five at Philadelphia. You can see this one coming from a mile away. The Eagles have had 11 days to get ready for this matchup. They're riding a four-game winning streak, and they're the darlings of the NFC now that Aaron Rodgers has been lost for the season. And with this being a national Monday night televised affair at Lincoln Financial Field, you just know the public is going to be dying to get down on the Eagles, just like they were dying to get down on the Chiefs Thursday night against the Raiders. Meanwhile, Kirk Cousins just so happens to be 7-1 against the spread over his last eight NFC East showdowns when in the role of an underdog. Not only that, Washington's 8-2 against the spread in their last 10 trips to Philadelphia. Give us the skins plus the points. We're fading the public here. That, boys and girls, is that. Thank you for tuning in to the show this week. Thank you for tuning in to all the shows this week. We greatly appreciate it. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes if you get a chance. Have a great weekend. Best of luck. We'll see you on Monday.